you don't learn from history, nothing to say. Oh, that are history. I got something for you. Was that a freaking Back to the Future reference? Mr. Leverage. Good dude, it is a thing. Being a dad is probably one of the best things that's ever happened in my life. Most rewarding things in the entire world. The right tool for the right job, man. That's all you need. Best meat never. You need to put it in your mouth. And now uh, one of my favorite quotes of all time is from John Wooden. He says, uh, do not let making a living prevent you from making a life. Welcome to the Blue Collar Dad Cast. You're tuning into episode eight. Episode Ocho. Ocho. Dude. That's eight. That's that's two months. That's two months of work. Yep, it's right been a on. lot of work and learning a lot. Yeah, I mean, the sound portion of it, the trying to mix in, you know, it's obviously the blue collar dad cast, so we're trying to mix in the father portion and the work portions, and also we love the history, and the history takes the the majority of our of our podcast. So it, it does, it does, and. Yeah, like Caillou, we're kind of finding our way. Yep. He'll get better and better. Every episode. Every episode, we have to get better. So, Jay, what are we talking about today? So, Chad, I've got uh, some pretty fun stuff with Cog Railway. The the Manitou, the Broadmoor Manitou Pikes Peak Cog Railway is actually what it's called. That's a mouthful, so I'm not going to call it that. It's just the Pikes Peak Cog Railway. You, you don't have, like, uh, what do they call those? Acronym? No, I hate acronyms. Because then it's like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Got it. And so, that's uh, and that's down there. Uh, the Cog Railway goes up Pikes Peak, right? Yes. And uh, you you've got some Pikes Peak history, right? Pikes Peak history, a little bit of stats, if you will. Sweet. Uh, what's What's interesting is that it's uh, the 39th tallest peak. Nice. And uh, in in what 39th tallest oh, peak in Colorado or the U.S. Oh, the entire United States. Yep. Okay. All right. Yep. So I thought that was pretty interesting because it was on total accident, but I think you noticed it. Yeah. Yeah. You Again, I guess we'll just go into the drinks right away. Why not? Yeah. So what we're drinking today, and I'm no connoisseur. I was under pressure and I just yeah. picked it off the shelf. It was, <laughs> it was your turn. It was my turn. And yeah, I was like sending... Uh, very unprepared, uneducated person to go do this task. Did you feel like you were underage with a fake ID at the liquor store? Pretty much. Can we help you, sir? No. Oh, God, please. So what I picked off the shelf randomly is uh, Redemption Bourbon. And the reason why 39th tallest peak stands out is that this here is batch number 39. Hey. Totally on accident. Hey, it was meant to be. Yeah. So, looking to pour this up, and we'll give our review of this as we go through the show, like we do usually. Yeah. Do you have anything interesting happen with your kids this week? Because I really, I really didn't. It was a pretty normal parenting week for me. Yeah, yeah. Jordan's got a bully. Oh no! Really? Yeah. It, it's a little. It's a little boy. He's in fifth grade. She's in fourth. Uh huh. And if anybody who knows Jordan, she she grew really fast. Oh, yeah. She's, like, almost as tall as you. Exactly. <laughs> and this kid is, like, calling her just all sorts of things. It's, like, how terrible people can... At the, at the kid age, sorry. That, well, people suck, too, but... People suck, definitely. But 
at the kid age. It's like, you guys have no business doing that. But and you're ten, nine, ten years old, and you're already trying to bully somebody? Yeah. So I dropped Jordan off Friday morning, and I already know the kid's name, Nick. I'm coming for you. You just watch it. <laughs> and then she points him out. And I could totally see why he picked Jordan to be the person to pick on. Why? Because he's like, four dude. She's foot? like up to. He's like up to her hip, <laughs> wearing a little <laughs> Minecraft backpack. Nice, nice, good. Yeah, the little man picking on the the martial arts trained, double the size. Yeah, that's something. That's a recipe for disaster. There, it is. So. <laughs> Dad doesn't really know how to handle the bully thing. I didn't, you know, I'm not going to say I didn't have one, but I didn't. I understand what you're saying because yeah. I, I tell it to to Lauren all the time. I'm like, I don't, I don't think I ever really had a bully, quote unquote. But yeah. I had people that were around me that just continuously, I guess, picked on me. But coming from a house where I had an older brother and a younger sister... I always got picked on by my older brother and picked on my little sister. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. So like, yeah, yeah. Like bullying was uh was you know equal opportunity in my house. So if somebody were to pick on me or whatever, it was meh, whatever, move on for sure. Yeah, no, nah, I guess you could say like any of the jerks our age would have done one of that. I don't know. I, I just didn't carry it with me, so I didn't know how to navigate that. So first thing we did on Friday, so I drop her off, see the sawed off little guy, and uh, she comes out when I pick her up. She comes out in hysterics. What happened? Well, Nick called me fat. We said, "You look at him, and this will be the only time, the only time that you have permission to use the f word." And you use that. Oh, no. And in the best delivery that you can. And nice. She, and she rehearsed it back to us, and I, I, it, like, broke my heart. Like, did oh, she laugh? She did. <laughs> it, it cheered her up. So this was Thursday night. Friday, she points out uh, Wee Man, mm-hmm. and then later, she comes up crying. She's like, Dad, I, I just couldn't say that to him, because she's got that big heart, you know? Yeah, yeah. She's like, I just couldn't say that to him. Well, so I just looked at him and said, well, you're short. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So you're yeah, short. Yeah. She's short still devastated bastard. on the inside. So she came around. We went straight into the front office and we got a meeting. Well, not we, but the kids are going to have a meeting next you know, week. Autumn had, I can't say a bully. There's a, there's a girl, not a, not a short little boy, but a, a girl that she, she picks on Autumn and she's friends with all of, Autumn's friends. Okay. So she's kind of in the inner circle, if you will. Oh, one of those. A bad yeah. egg. Yeah, and she picks on just Autumn. So this was beginning of this school year, and Autumn's like, I can't even hang out with my friends because, you know, I get picked on. When I... It's like, man, I told her, just ignore that. Just ignore it. It's that easy. If she starts being a bully, you just ignore it, say, yep, whatever. And walk away. You are you, and I am me. And walk away. Yeah. And it it's worked. No, it's, that is good advice. So, so I, yeah, I don't know. The the follow up on the bad advice, like with Jordy, like she, we laughed. She felt a lot better after talking to the teacher. And mm-hmm. I was like, look, Jordy, I, 
you're a better person than me. Right. For not saying I, those I things. I would have been like, oh, like Kevin Hart. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Listen here, Miss Green. <laughs> my mom said. Right. My mother tell- told me to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> she did not take that opportunity, even though she had. That's. Yeah, full clearance. Yeah. Like full send, baby. <laughs> and she just, uh, she she's a better person than me. Yeah. And. If my parents gave me permission, man. I. Ah. Uh, mm. So she. uh she, yeah, I think she's better now. You know what I mean. But uh, I gave her a big old hug and a high five. Like, look, you made the right choice. Yeah, by not doing that. So, um, well, right on. Good, good for her. Che- yeah. Cheers to her. How about that? Cheers to her. Oh, let's see how this is gonna go, Mister Non Whiskey. Smells good. Yeah, that's a, that's a burn. Not a not a bad one. Not a bad one. Take tastes good though. I foresee it's, some it's ice a, cubes in your it's, future. Oh, it's happening. But it's a bourbon. It's not a single malt scotch whiskey. It's a bourbon. I've got a little bit of work stuff. I don't I don't have a lot. Well, what is the follow-up, man? There was the there was the guy that that installed nothing yet. It's going to be they're basically finishing the entire building before we go back and who knows? I I say 3 4 5 5 weeks until we get the call. Hey, you got, you got to move your pipe. Like, nope. So we'll, we'll we'll cross that bridge when that happens. But my mom said to tell you. My mother told me to tell you <laughs> that you can put your pipe right up your. <laughs> there um, you go. But no. Kind of cool news, but it was said from a distance. I guess it's it's like light at the end of the very very long tunnel type deal my boss came up to me and the other lead on uh on friday yesterday and said you know this is my plan he's like wait i have to travel more because he is corporate and he's basically in charge of all eight automotive and lubrication departments across the united states since we got bought out so it's new to him and he's been trying to work on denver And he told me and the other lead, the lift lead, I'm the lube lead. No pun intended. That's literally what it's called, lubrication installs. Um, He said, my goal is for you to be, you know, me, the lubrication foreman, hands off, essentially. And just go around and make sure everything's going okay. And he said the goal for the other guy is lift uh, foreman. So he can go around, kind of set everybody in order and go from there. Like if we have to do something, then we'll we'll go and do it. But I mean, that's for me. It's a long ways away. You're probably talking because I have to get two people. He wants two crews, one two person crew for lifts, one two person crew for lube, and then obviously me as the foreman overseeing the lubrication side, and the other guy as the foreman overseeing the lift side. So it's a long ways off for me. Nobody's even close to being trained, but for the other guy, it's uh, you know, right on the horizon. Okay. So that was that was my my cool news. I was like, sweet, and then I was like, oh no, it's gonna take forever. <laughs> <laughs> Good things come for those who wait. That's it. I've been very patient. I'm a very yeah. patient person. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I guess if anyone that's been following along, uh, just completed the last week uh, with my colleague who was leaving. So we said our said our farewells and. If you ever listen to this, Danny, you're an asshole still. Uh, 
But other things happened during the week as well. Um, it, it was pretty funny too. I now understand what it's like for an, a gal to get an unwarranted dick pic. So I, I have my crew. They're outside and they're working with you know multiple things. They work with brake bulk, which comes on different pallets. <clears throat> Good palettes, bad palettes, bad design, good design, sure, sure. and so on. Well, India sent us some material on a palette that they were concerned wasn't uh, wasn't going to hold up. So what we were to do was once we received the material was to take a picture of it. Right. On the palette. CYA. Yes. So got my operators on the ground. And I'm like, hey, I'm not going to be able to make it down and take a look at that. But if you're saying that it's good to go you don't need me to give the approval. Just take a picture and send it so I can give India what they needed. Right. Which was a, a uh, picture picture proof that everything's okay. Mm-hmm. Air that out over the radio. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting with my lead and we're having our morning meeting where he tells me what oh, he's so going to do. This is very first thing. In first the thing in the morning. And he's just <laughs> telling me what he's going to do for the day. Um, and that's all it is. <laughs> we're going over that. And then, uh, you know, I, I have my phone out ready for ready for the pictures to come. Sure. He's got his phone out, too. I don't know why. But he picks his phone up the same exact time that I do because the pictures came through. Mm-hmm. And it's a picture stack. I'm not used to Apple, but it's a picture stack or a yeah. collage or whatever. And the top one, dear God. A veiny triumphant bastard? or Dude. I'm, I, it, it just catches me off guard. <laughs> and I just look over at uh, my lead and I'm... Looking at him, and I'm waiting for him to look away from his phone, and he looks at me. <coughs> Did you get the pictures? And he's like, nah, man. Like, oh. Oh, well, I did. Uh, all right. Cool, man. And I tried to just erase that from my mind, with you know. But immediately he gets on the radio. He's like, yeah, thanks. Thanks, brother. I'm feeling the love. You didn't send me any pictures. Oh, well, no. You know, he says that, dude, and I couldn't keep my composure because it's like, you didn't send me. You didn't send me the gold. You know, come what on, I mean? man. But, you didn't send me the pictures. What exactly. the? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'm trying to keep it together. Uh, he, he finishes that call out on the radio, and I was like, "Dude, like you literally can't say anything, man." But what I just received a dick pic in a stack of. But was it accidental? I have no idea. I have no idea. I mean, or maybe he that's just what he took one the off ma- the internet and. I'm going to send this to Chad. Dude, it was very fast. Either he's got it just ready to go, because that was almost instant, dude. I don't know, man. It was ready to go. Man, I don't know. What kind of night did he have before? This is the first thing in the morning. You know right, what I mean? Right. This is the last picture he took that he grouped yeah. in with a picture of the palette. Okay. All right. And what's funny, the palette that we're taking pictures of is for a main shaft. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I've got some random stuff here you know yeah yeah let's hear it what we got news reviews and some stupid stupid people people. yeah some people are really fucking stupid did you ever notice that how many really stupid people you run into during the day all right so uh i've got a tweet oh it's it's pretty short but you gotta it's 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 pretty funny she says, uh, my brother once stared in a mirror for five minutes because he couldn't figure out why his hair was parted on different sides in the real world and in the mirror. Soak that in. 
the real world. So he's like, why in the mirror are things reversed? Like, whatever. <laughs> right. We we know why, because a mirror is a actual 100% reflection of you. Your right arm moves, your left arm moves. Your left arm moves, your right arm moves. It's a reflection. I'm stuck on the real world thing. Like what? That's what he said. That, I guess that was his words. The the real world and the mirror world. That's where I'm at. Like, but, he, <laughs> but the same brother, I guess, in his 20s, called 911 when his power went out. He's <laughs> like, ah, oh God, help me! <laughs> oh Jesus, save me! Right? What the hell's going on here? <laughs> Apparently, he never experienced the power outage before. It is quite terrifying when you're just sitting there doing your thing and all of a sudden, poof, and everything's out. You're like, oh man. Especially if like you're in the middle of something, you know, high stakes game of Grand Theft Auto or anything, man. Any kind of game. That's the worst. Yeah. All right. So uh, I got, got two, two, well, one more and then uh, just a couple dumb sentences. How about that? Okay. So one more, uh, a man, a Florida man, go figure. Oh boy. Um, got hammered. And uh, I don't know how he did it. It's a, it's a feat of human amazingness. Leave, I don't. I don't really leave know. it to the drunk guy. Leave it to the drunk Floridian. 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 He freaking uh, brought an alligator in his arms into a convenience store. It was a liquor store. Into a liquor store and was just parading the alligator around the liquor store like woo <laughs> woo. And security cameras caught it, whatever, and he left, you know, no problems. The alligator didn't hurt anybody. He didn't hurt anybody, didn't steal anything. But he it's illegal <laughs> in Florida to bring an alligator into any establishment. So the police found him, and they were interviewing him on the news, and he's like, I don't remember any of that. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm, I'm up for charges on stuff that I don't even remember. He's like, I was hammered, man. <laughs> Hell, Bobby, I was high when I said that. Right? Yeah, Bobby, I was high. You could be second. You could be third. You could even be fourth. <laughs> Dude, I, I was dying. I'm like, no freaking way. Dude's just like, I was hammered. I don't remember any of that. Dude, <laughs> Dude that's great, man. Oh, man. I've got uh, just some really very illiterate people online, and it's it's the stupid people portion for sure yeah what do you got so this chick posts anyways i like my outfit last night al outfit a-l-p-h-e-t i like my outfit last night Why and so the xander the h xander comments and says i know you're not trying to say outfit i just know you're not <laughs> like please god no. <laughs> Unreal. They're out there. Spell check works on every phone, though. So, another one. Omar says, uh, Our men... I'm going to read it as, as it comes across. Okay. He says, Our men obligated to pay for everything in a relationship. Like... Like... Like habla. Habla in Spanish? Like habla inglés, yeah. Yeah. And Jake comments and says, boy, I thought you were speaking Spanish. When I first read it, I said the same thing. I'm like, are men habla? Habla? And I was like, wait a minute. Obli- oh, oh, oh. So Omar must be Spanish of some kind. 
Oh, God. And he's singing Abla. Medulla Hoblongata. The Hoblongata. <laughs> All right, last one. I'm assuming girl to boy to girl to boy to girl, uh, the exchange, but I could be wrong. Uh, it says, you'll like her. She's really smart. She's doing psychology at uni. And he says, oh, really? She says, yeah, she was cutting up brains and stuff. She's doing depression and silver side at the moment. He said, depression and what? She said, silver side, like when someone kills himself. Silver side. Yeah. Silver side. Boy. Just, and she's in college. People can't spell <laughs> or make proper sentences in college. See, I have a college degree. I have a college degree. Oh, my God. this is why the trades, man, the trades. Pick a trade. Pick a trade. Get in the trades. I'm done. I can't even read the rest of them. I just, nah. I was just, there's like 45 of those things, man, and I, I just randomly picked that last one. <laughs> anyway, I can't, I can't do anymore. Yeah. Yeah, can't we're going to, we're, let's do uh, full stop, sir. Yeah. Full, full stop. Full stop. Yeah, let's get into the history section. What do you say? I, I agree. This one's a, this one's very all of them are very cool. And I, and I was right. Um it did tie into mining, but we're not even going to touch on that. We're we're just going to say it did kind of come about slightly because of mining. It, so, yeah, it did it, and it can, but we won't. Yeah. So. And and basically you've got Pikes Peak and I've got the Cog Railway, so yeah. start started off with the Pikes Peak. Sure thing. So, Pikes Peak stands at 14,115 feet high. Uh, back in the day, it was a symbol for immigrants during the Colorado Gold Rush, uh, which was from 1858 to 1859. So, uh, folks coming in off the plains, it was the beacon. The plains? You mean the boats? I'm sorry, sir. We are in a landlocked state. Okay. The carriages, then. When they are coming in. in the 1800s. But it's... So it stands the 39th <clears throat> it stands the 39th tallest peak in the US. And I figure it's a good time to touch in on the uh on the bourbon. It isn't bad. I haven't had to put ice in. The burn is gone. How is it with the ice? It's not bad. It's not bad. It's not it's bad. strong. It, yeah, like I said, very aromatic. The burn went away um after the initial drink, so um anyway, Pike's Peak uh, got its name. It's named after a gentleman named Zebulon Pike. He was a uh, brigadier general uh, whom, after the Louisiana Purchase, was sent on several two expeditions, and one of which was to explore the source of the Arkansas River. Arkansas. Just like uh, <laughs> Lewis and Clark. Just like Lewis and Clark. But they were sent north. North and west, because they yeah, had yeah. their Oregon Trail in that, but um zebulon pike's expeditions weren't i mean they're they're noted right just not as popular as uh lewis and clark right and, when you think of somebody explore, exploring the west you think lewis and clark yeah exactly yeah, well, yeah the oregon trail yada yada right there's no arkansas river trail fair for the river and still so die. <laughs> arkansas and still die <laughs> so the arkansas river the Arkansas River, I mean, it's a tributary to the Mississippi, and it, uh, honestly, it, it 
shocked me when I read this, but it starts in Leadville, Colorado, the source of the Arkansas River. So, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is the Arkansas River part of the Colorado River? That I don't know. Uh, I think the Colorado River actually runs west. Arkansas River runs east. That's just so interesting. Yep. So it runs into the Mississippi. Yeah, all the way from here. And they call it the Arkansas River. You know. And Arkansas is way down there in the south. Not there in the south. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, buddy. So uh, that's what drew Zebulon Pike that way. Uh, He tried to summit. Uh, the mountain and mm-hmm. couldn't he didn't he didn't make it up but it's still named Pike's Peak after Zebulon Pike because he was the like initial discoverer of, of the it. mountain yeah. yeah 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 he called it uh, the small blue cloud which if you're traveling along the Arkansas River um, from what I saw on the map you're down by Pueblo um, yeah Trinidad yeah yeah but where I live is way north right. uh, of that, and I could still see Pikes Peak from where I live. So <coughs> I'm sure it was very, very visible from where he was traveling, yeah. him and his team. So the expedition that Mr. Pike uh, was on was one of two, and it took place between 1806 and 1807, and that's when he and his team found uh, Pikes Peak. Then was just a mountain. That mountain over there that he called the Little Blue Cloud. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, saw it. And mind you, it's, I think, the first 14er in the front range. Like, it's very prominent. You, It, it just stands out. And there's so many 14ers. I mean, I, I actually, and I'm not entirely sure, but I think Mount Evans is the, the tallest in our state. Okay. Might have to check that one out next. So, it was real cool, though. Uh I don't know, man's curiosity, what's on the top of that thing. So it's been summited. There's actually a 19-mile-long highway uh, that'll take you to the top. And they started building it, 1888. You'd go up it via wagon uh, instead of having to hike it. or Sure. Um, but, yeah, what's crazy about that, 1888, let this sink in, this highway's built. They didn't call it a highway then. What? The was road. It in, the road. Yeah. The way. It uh, wasn't until the early 2000s that it was finally fully paved. From 1888 until sometime in the early 2000s. That's crazy. So, in 1888, along with, aside from the creation of the the road... The dirt road, the wagon road, that went up Pikes Peak. Uh, a man, and I'll get to his name, uh, came up with the idea for the Cog Railway. Same year. Um, however, it was not the first in America or the world. Uh, the first in America was actually a Cog Railway in the state of New Hampshire called Mount Washington Railway. Construction began, in, or actually, construction was finished in 1866, and they used a completely different type of method to climb the mountain. Instead of using 
you know, like a rack and pinion. If you know what a rack and pinion is, it's basically just a rack of teeth and then a a gear. Cogwheel. Yeah, a, a cogwheel, a gear, if you, yeah. if you layman's terms, like a sure. gear. The difference was Mount Washington's elevation was 6,288 feet. So they started from basically sea level and built it up to 6,288 feet. And we're not going to get into the history on that. It's pretty cool. If you want to look it up, do it yourself. Uh, Pike's Peak is 14,115 feet. So what they ended up having to do was build it at a higher elevation, which was Manitou Springs. The very first rack railway to ever be constructed was the Middleton Railway in Hunslet, England in 1812, dude. So technology's been around for a while. Right. So in 1888, he already knew the... The, the idea was there. The the engineering was there to do it. So he's like, I'm going to do it. And the, his name was Zalman G. Simmons. He created the Simmons Mattress Company or Simmons Bedding Company. Okay. So he was already wealthy. He was an entrepreneur. So he had endeavors in different, all sorts of different places, albeit. And he was actually sent to basically survey Pike's Peak for telegraph wires. And he was the first person to make it to the top. But the way he did it was he had a, he had a mule and himself, and it was miserable to get to the... I, I don't know all the details of the misery, but you can imagine the snow, the wind, camping, the nights, you're going up the mountain, you're, you start at 8,000 feet, and he's traversing the next... You know, six thousand feet. Well, that's that's pretty cool, though. Like, I think the reason why Mister Pike didn't get to the top, and I'm ad libbing. Yeah. But it wasn't necessarily just due to the inability. He was unprepared. He was unprepared, and mind you, he's trying to take a team up there. Yeah. Well, and and you got to think about the the height in general. I mean, the weather changes from six thousand feet to fourteen thousand feet. Everything changes. Well, yeah, the timberline. I mean, you got all of this, all of these different factors. Yeah, so. Oxygen is lower. Either way, he makes it to the top. And he's literally quoted saying, there needs to be a more civilized way to reach the summit so that anyone can see the breathtaking views. When I was on the Cog Railway, they said, and it was kind of a cloudy day. It was it was new. It was a, the new Cog Railway, not the old one with, with the steam engines, but the new one that they just just built and we'll get into that a little bit later but when i was on it there you're coming around kind of the outside of the mountain no trees and you can just see straight across the plains and it was cloudy so you couldn't see all the way across but they said on a, on a clear day you could see all the way to kansas that is and it's insane dude. unbelievable man and even, even on a cloudy day the view was astounding it was like oh i have pictures and we'll we'll start socials here soon. And I'd love to see that. I'll put some some pictures up for sure. Gosh, when I went up, I did do the same thing. Yeah, you went up in recent. Yeah, like two years ago, so twenty twenty one. Okay, when I went up is like in the, I don't know, mid nineties. So, oh, so they were still pushing it with, like either gas or diesel. I should say, it's like diesel or. What were they pushing it with? You know, I honestly have no idea. I was so young at the time. I mean, mind you, in the mid-90s, I was about seven. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're, was it the car? The car was in front? I think so, yeah. But, yeah, it was being pushed rather than pulled. Right. 
Okay. Okay. Um, so what you've seen, I, I, the reason why I say I'd love to see what you had, I didn't have an ability other than a Polaroid camera that, you know, those box cameras were that fair. Yeah. So I'd love to see what you got. So when we get socials up, it, it will be on there. Each episode will be labeled out. Um, so Zalman G. Simmons, the man who was the first one to, as, as far as recorded history goes, was the first one to reach the summit. He starts, he rallies all of his business buddies and starts construction in 1889 on the Cog Railway. He used Italian laborers using only pickaxes with the assistance of donkeys. So that ass had to carry your ass <laughs> and your tools and your tools up and down the mountain. Donkeys are a different breed. They sure are. They're true workhorses, man. Really? So with them carrying your ass and their ass, the average grade of the tracks were 12% and 25%. So you're not only are you climbing this mountain to do the work, you're 25% grade. I mean, think about it, man. Take 25% of uh, of level right now and you're you're talking crazy, crazy steep. And they're building not only the the railway itself, but the the bridges that go across different valleys to keep the train ascending right. instead of coming back down. Because the whole goal was to ascend, climb, climb. Yeah. So it was 1889 when he started the construction, and the very next year, that's how fast uh, they started limited services, and it was where the track ended at that time, and they called it the. Halfway House Hotel. It was at the three-mile mark of 8.9 miles. So not even halfway. Mm. Uh, there was a, a house basically ran by the Powell's Grove family. And they had heard that the Cog Railway was being built. And they sort of took advantage of it. And they said, all right. They were, they were in a town called Ruxton, Ruxton Park. Right next to the Ruxton River. And... They're like, all right, we'll open our services at our house. When this train stops, people can come and eat food or adjust to the altitude. When I rode the train up there, that was like the biggest thing of the the guides. They said, look, even if you're a native, do not go running around up here. Oh, man. Acclimate. I, uh, yeah. I. When we went up, so I don't really know how to break this down. I... I was going up, I have like some heart stuff. It's not a big deal, right? Sure. And I started getting lightheaded almost immediately on the very first incline. And so this is not for the the faint of heart. I mean, there was a family from Philadelphia sitting across from us, a, a husband and wife sitting across from us. And as soon as we started climbing, you could see he's like, uh oh. It just gets worse and worse. It's a very slow climb, so you do get to acclimate, but it's steady. So you have to acclimate very quickly as as this train is going up. I think the 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 flattest part of the entire adventure is when you're on the outside, the east side of Pikes Peak. You're running at like a 8% grade, I would say. When you can see Kansas and all that yeah, stuff, yeah. that's probably the lightest part. And 
right after that is when they hit that 25%. And it's that's just, you got to breathe. You're just going. Make, just make sure you breathe. The um, guy from Boost Oxygen is making bank yeah, at that point. Right? I should have brought some. Because I was like, I'm going to die. Honestly, I laughed at that <laughs> the first second I saw it. But Yeah. Well, it makes know. sense, you know? It's can- canned oxygen. Yeah. By the way, the, the halfway house or the Powell's Grove house, they actually started with the with the track ending where it was the Palgrove house started gaining a lot of income so they actually expanded into a 22 room hotel and people would stop there and that was like the halfway point if you want to get off you stay at the Palgrove in Ruxton County hop off and stay there and catch the next train down it was operated by the Palgrove until 1903 but eventually sold to a power plant in 1925 so they sold all the land. Houses were torn down. If you actually take the train up, you can see a power plant built where the halfway house used to be. And your tour guide will do a very, very good job of, uh, of letting you know. But when you're, when you're headed up, uh, make sure you pay attention and look outside. I, would, I think it was the left window. It's pretty cool. So the very first train to reach the summit was June 30th, 1891. They started construction in 1889, so two years. The first train reaches the summit. All these investors come along, they're like, oh, no way, this is crazy. So three steam trains were initially built for the line by Baldwin Locomotive Works. Uh, The boilers were offset by 16 degrees to maintain a sort of level while ascending. You know, you're, you're, when you're in a fucking, uh, steam engine and you're going up 12 10 10 12 25 percent grades they're ran by coal well yeah and and the mixture of the heat and water yes imagine taking your cup and putting it at at 25 25 degrees degrees, you're gonna lose water spilling it all over yourself put your fire out not even that all of that coal would come spilling out oh even the coal onto the onto the conductor you lose. You wouldn't make it up the mountain. So that was an engineering feat by itself. Sixteen degree boiler to go up. So when you hit that twenty five percent, I mean, I'm sure that boiler was still kind of leaning back a little bit, but a little bit. Not terrible. No, that's that's ingenious. Me personally, I would have gone for more of a gyro effect, where it would be on a hinge. Yeah, but you know, at that, I'm not an engineer. At, at, that, yeah. <laughs> at, at that point, I mean. Engineers were probably not as good as today's engineers. The couch potato dad. Let yeah. us know what you what you would do. Yeah, I mean, a, a hinged boiler sounds like a like a good idea. Kind of raise it and let it do its thing as you ascend the mountain. Yeah, that's what I I, I agree. So I'm I'm not gonna get into too much nitty gritty here. Uh, this is just some fun facts. Yeah. But due to changes in technology from 1891 to 1989, almost 100 years, the railway purchased 25 different trains. So you're talking diesel engines, gas engines, steam engines. All the different types. All all sorts of different engines. And like I said, fun fact, the cheap end, and I did this for deflation and inflation. So if you deflate back to, and I kind of rounded down to about, 1905. So the cheap end locomotives today cost about $500,000. If we deflate that back, 
to the early 1900s. Each car costed roughly $14,577. Times that by 25, because they bought 25 different locomotives, and you're talking technology, so prices were different, so it's probably more than my average. They spent about $364,425 in the 18-1900s. Sure. And if you turn that back around to nowadays, inflation, they spent, I mean, I would say probably more, but about $12.5 million in trains in just under 100 years. If you're a train fan, that just, that should get you going. Right. Get your rocks. <laughs> get you on track. For sure. <laughs> Uh, in 2017, this is kind of the sad part, the, all winter operations were stopped because um, the actual cogs on the trains were wearing out because the track was starting to tear them up. They'd been worn out so much, it's gone up, up and down so many yeah. times. Wear and tear, man. And they hadn't done any maintenance. So um, just winter operations stopped, just in case. And uh, in March of 2018, things got so risky, it was actually shut down indefinitely. And... The fun fact was, a couple fun facts, actually. The railway is owned by the Anschutz Corporation. That name pops up a lot in Colorado history and even recent. We may have to do an Anschutz episode, but either way, Anschutz Medical Center, uh, right off there, 225 in Colfax, they own the Cog Railway in Manitou Springs, Pikes Peak. But in 2018, they shut it down indefinitely like like done and Anschutz was kind of like what you know we're not going to allow an incident to happen because there had never been in the history of the Pikes Peak Cog Railway no fatality no accident no nothing they had a perfect track record so here's here's a fun one however in 1967 the Mount Washington Cog rail cars derailed and killed eight people and injured 70 more it's coined the tragedy at Skyline. Our Cog Railway was better. It's too bad. It's but too that, bad. But that our... sounds like the reigning champion. If yeah. you work in blue-collar fields, you know what TRIR is. Yeah. Recordable injuries. Mm-hmm. Never. Not one. Not a one. Total 1889. 1891, the first car made it to the summit. 1891 until 2018. No injuries, no no mishaps, only, no nothing. The only reason in 2018 is just because they shut it down. Because they didn't want any car to derail. Exactly. So, it's back up and running if you went up two years ago. Yes. So, they rebuilt, they bought some different engines again. This this is part of the 25. Uh, if you go, they'll actually tell you the, the cost of those engines, and they're not cheap. They bought no. five, I believe, four or five Um but they uh, they estimate about a hundred million dollars to totally rebuild the tracks. They signed an agreement with the city of Manitou Springs. Manitou would pay thirty six million out of a hundred million uh, to rebuild the entire entirety of the almost nine mile cog track. Uh, it was signed in November of twenty eighteen, and construction started in March of twenty nineteen. So they opened in May of twenty twenty one. And actually, oh no, it was March of 2022 when I took it. Oh, okay. So just last year. Recent history. Just last year. That's awesome. Yeah. Is there anything else, like, about your experience? 
I mean, there there was some stuff. There was some on, on the way up. They mentioned something about a field house, and there was just a wall left, and then something about a communications base or something that was built by the army. And I I couldn't see it. I saw I saw the half wall of the field house, and kind of took pictures of it. And it says you know built in eighteen ninety three or something like that. I oh I I think I know what you're talking about. I think I know what you're talking about. It's uh. It was built by the Signal Corps. Yes, that's what they said. 1873. 1873. It has the date on it. I Once you mentioned that, I felt like I had to take a look at that. So the Signal Corps, they were in charge of managing all aspects of information systems back then. So they were... Uh. During the Civil War, the Signal Corps came to be. And uh, they used a communication form called Semaphore. Okay. It's like flag signaling. So uh, you'd see it on ships and things like that. Um, but different positions of the flags mean different. Yes. Gotcha. So the fact that you said that you could see all the way to Kansas. Yep. I would imagine Kansas can see all the way to us. Or on a clear day. S- on a clear day, they could see what's going on at this signal house that you're talking about. That's crazy. Right? So... Uh, Semaphore was used all the way up until we got the telegraph uh, to run uh, coast to coast. But uh, the Signal Corps was a division of the U.S. Army uh, during the Civil War. And they were in charge of the communications. So signaling from high towers is where it kind of came from. uh, That's carried on through time. Oh, yeah. uh, To transmit messages over distances. Paul Revere is a G. Because it was one if by land, two if by sea. So, something worth digging into, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, no, that that signal house, I don't have any like anything else really. But the semaphore was a big deal, and that was like the main form of communication for a while from uh, the signal corps. Well, and I know they were trying to do a lot with weather. They were trying to basically, because let's be honest, when weather happens west of the Rockies. It's going to hit here, and it's going to hit the rest of the eastern United States. Yeah. So they can kind of see the cloud patterns and the wind and the way everything's going, especially from the the peak of the frickin' mountain, you know what I mean? Yeah. So from what I understand about the, the signal house was it was a lot of weather, too. It wasn't just signaling military. No, no, for sure. I mean, I I would agree with you there simply because there's, wasn't a whole lot going on. 1873, the war was over, and it wasn't the South. So, one thing I didn't include, and I feel like an ass. Southern portions of Colorado were included in the Louisiana Purchase. Yes. And including the reason... Pikes Peak. Including Pikes Peak. So, yeah. Manifest Destiny, right? That's what was going on. Yep. We're exploring our brand new territory. The lower portion of Colorado was involved, or included, rather... In the Louisiana Purchase, thus prompting the expeditions that uh, that came out of that. <coughs> Lewis and Clark, Zebulon Pike, his expeditions. Yeah. his uh, the, the, the one that we're talking about was of the southern portion of Colorado. Yep. And uh, then it wasn't uh, anything. It was, it was just the west. The wild, wild west. Wild, wild west. 
So next week, I'm thinking I want to get into, and yes, uh, it's not mining, at least, but it'll be a little dark. The Sand Creek Massacre. It's where... Is that... If you went to high school here in Colorado, at least out here where we live, somewhere close to the plains, you've heard of Third Bridge? Mm Mm-hmm. We can touch on it, but I don't think the actual location of the Sand Creek Massacre was ever identified. But it was said that from the Third Bridge, on a cold night, you can hear the drums, the war drums of the Native American tribes. I gotta say, I did not dislike the bourbon. Didn't dislike it at all. I'm not, taking it home with me this time. <laughs> I wouldn't say my favorite. Oh, I'm not going to drink it. So No, once you get through the burn, folks, uh, and believe me, it's not like a painful thing. The no. burn was there initially. Like I said, very aromatic, if that's even the word to use. If it burns too much, I put two cubes in, and the burn was gone. It's very strong. Very strong very stuff. Very strong. But, I mean, I'm not tanked. <laughs> Sorry. I feel good. All right, so next week, the Sand Creek Massacre. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Let us know if you didn't. Yeah, you can find us at bcdcast at yahoo.com, and socials will follow soon. Stand in the way